At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 168 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. It is a fact that we're all getting older. We who are in the firearm industry and do a lot of firearm training must pay attention to our aging students regardless if they are first-time firearm owners or if they have been shooting for years. The demographics of individuals who are seeking firearms training is ever-expanding. Most firearm trainers and instructors and coaches will tell you that they have seen more young adults, women, and minority groups seeking to protect themselves from the increasing crime and more so to exercise their Second Amendment rights more now than ever before. Seniors make up one of the newest groups of people who are seeking firearms training. This new demographic requires the instructor to adapt to the needs of these students to ensure their safety while teaching them the knowledge, skills, and attitude necessary for owning and operating a firearm safely. As an instructor or a trainer or a coach, it is your responsibility to keep all of your students safe, including those who may need a bit more TLC. Your responsibility of meeting the needs of your students begins long before your lesson begins. When you advertise a firearms training course, there is usually a way for potential students to register for the class or there's some type of communication that happens between the individual seeking the training and the instructor. One of the first things that I look at when I offer a training or a lesson when someone registers for my class is their age. I also send an email or a text message to each student with all the particulars of the class, such as the starting times, how to dress for particular live fire exercise activities at the range, and I ask them if there's any special needs or requests they may have to make their day more enjoyable. If there is no request for special accommodations, I take it upon myself, based on the registration information, to ensure everyone's needs are met. Many times, the individual is too embarrassed to admit they may have vision issues, mobility issues, hearing issues, or anything else that is normally associated as we age. 
it is really important that you seek the student's specific needs because in all of the training classes, it's really important that all students are engaged in the learning process. We as instructors, trainers, and coaches need to do our best to pay attention to each of our students to help them understand what we're trying to teach, making sure that they are not only seeing and hearing, but comprehending the very important training that revolves around firearm safety, storage, and use. We want everybody to be involved, and the NRA calls this total participant involvement, also known as TPI. As instructors and trainers, we need to create a relaxed atmosphere and environment conducive to learning. Students who have impairments quickly fall behind and as a result do not get all they could get out of the class and out of the training. This will, in turn, reflect on the range portion of the training. So in the classroom, Anytime that I am teaching a firearms training course in a classroom environment, I always arrive early to make sure I have the classroom set up, the coffee, which is very important, going and ready as the first students start rolling in, and anything that might go wrong, I try to correct it before class time, so when that time starts, we can kick off without a hitch. A really, really dear friend of mine, Mr. Jimmy, taught me years ago in my shooting world that if you're 30 minutes early, you're already an hour late. But I like to say, if you're anything less than an hour early, you're late. That extra time gives you a chance to set up your computer, hook up your projector, if you are using one, and making sure that there are no glitches or technical problems. And first and foremost, and my main priority, is getting that coffee going first thing in the morning. It never fails. There are always students who show up with my mentality of, if you're 30 minutes early, you're already an hour late. It doesn't surprise me that if I have a class starting at 8, I try to get there about 6.15 or 6.30 in the morning to get all my stuff set up and ready to go. Usually, I have students start rolling in about 7.15. So by the time it takes for me to get myself set up, then I have the opportunity to socialize and you know share some coffee with my students who are getting ready for the day. I've also noticed that those students who choose not to share with me ahead of time that they may have a special need or a learning disability or vision or hearing problems, those students usually will show up early and they might share that information with me right off the bat before anybody else is there. This is also a time where I can make sure that they are sitting right up front so they can see and hear everything that I have to present. So the most common issue that I've encountered with older senior students is vision and hearing. I have found that seniors will tell you about hearing issues, but they tend to keep their vision problems to themselves. I normally do not learn of their vision problems after the class has started and everyone has already settled into their seats. Sometimes I'll have students who tell me in advance that they have their hearing or vision issues, Even though I have open seating and do not have assigned seats, I make it a point to place students who do let me know they have impairments 
in the front row. I am also proactive and I try to head off any problems before they do become an issue. I do this by looking at the student's age on my roster. Any students I have on my roster in their late 60s, 70s, 80s, or even 90s, I make sure they do have that front row seat. The oldest student I've had in one of my classes was a 92-year-old lady, and she was a very first-time gun owner. There are other issues that come up with age beyond hearing and vision. Some other age-related problems are mobility issues such as bad backs, bad legs, and bad knees. I've had students show up to my classroom that are using a cane or a walker. Make sure that your classroom is easily accessible to people with these lower extremity problems. Many classrooms have the common folding, uncomfortable metal chairs. This can be torture for someone with a bad back. Try to have some extra seat cushions handy for those who do have back issues that don't tell you about them ahead of time. One thing I do in my email to give the details of the class to those students who've signed up is I always recommend ahead of time that they bring a chair or seat cushion because we do have metal chairs. The last issue that you should consider regarding your classroom and senior students is where your bathroom is located. Let's face it, the older we get, the more we have to go. There is usually nothing you can do about a bathroom situation. Just make sure that whatever classroom you're using has a clean and well-stocked bathroom. Allow students extra time on breaks to use the restroom. Your senior students usually need more time, especially if the bathroom is located in a different area than where your classroom is located. I always have a PowerPoint presentation of some type to help get my message across depending on what type of class I'm teaching, whether it be an introduction to firearm safety, whether we're talking about rifles or shotguns or pistols, I always have a visual presentation to go along with my lesson. I have made it a point to make my PowerPoint presentation very simple. We all learn differently, but I do pay attention to those with visual learning, whether it's an advantage that they are a visual learner or a disadvantage that they have visual issues. I try to accommodate those types of students in my presentation. So when I do a presentation, my slides are very big and bold letters and colorful. But one of the things that it was brought to my attention years ago when I was making a presentation to a large group of um, businessmen, my entire presentation had the words in colors red and green. And then I had a lot of pictures to go along with the words that I was describing. After my presentation, one of the gentlemen came up to me and he said, that was great information. Your photos were awesome. I learned a lot but I couldn't see your text. And I was a little bit surprised because, you know, even years ago, I'm very mindful of my presentations and try to not overwhelm, you know, my audience with lots of words on my slides. I said, well, what was the problem with my text? And he said, I'm colorblind. 
I don't see reds and greens. I see shades of gray. So everything that I was looking at, you know, I couldn't tell that you had words up there and they were washed out. So all I saw were your photographs. So that has stuck with me over the years and I avoid using any font or any lettering in reds and greens being mindful if students may have um, color blindness that they may not even be aware of. So trying to make your letters big and bold and avoiding those types of colors can only you know help your students if they do have those visual issues. Same with the photographs. You wanna make sure your pictures are nice and clean and crisp and they get the point across short, simple, and sweet. So incorporating that into my presentation I've had some positive feedback from my students that they were able to see my slides, they were able to read the slides clearly, and they weren't overwhelmed with too much information that was put on that slide. Anytime you make a presentation, it needs to serve just as your lesson plan. You should know your content well enough that a glance at the slide should have you get on point and be able to expand upon whatever topic you're talking about in a lot more detail. The worst thing you can do as a presenter is to stand up in front of the class and to read word for word what is on your presentation. Hopefully your students can read, um, hit the key points, but it should be more of a discussion engaging those students and making sure they understand exactly the message that you're trying to portray in your presentation. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Most people learn best with hands-on activities. So whatever my presentation topic is, I do my best to try to have training aids that go along with my topic so I can do a show and tell demonstration and pass around the classroom whatever type of training aid it is I'm using to get that point across. For example, the difference between a rifle and a handgun and a shotgun barrel is the rifling on the inside of the barrel. So rifles and handguns the inside of the barrel is rifled. There's a spiral twist inside the barrel made up of lands and grooves, which are raised portions and valleys that when a projectile is shot through it, it gives it the twist, it gives the bullet the twist, it gives the bullet distance, and it gives the bullet trajectory. Compared to a shotgun barrel, shotgun barrels are smooth. So they're just straight and slick and smooth on the inside most of the time. Now there are shotguns that you can purchase rifle barrels for and different variations like that. But for the most part, a standard shotgun barrel is smooth. 
So for somebody that has never handled firearms or who may not know the terminology just yet because they might be a new firearm owner, this is a hard concept because firearms are pretty much a third language. Um, there's certain terminology and there's certain descriptors that are only relevant and only related to the world of firearms. So I have cut off small pieces of barrel that I will explain the difference on the inside of a rifle and handgun versus a shotgun. And then I pass those cutoff barrels around the classroom. When a student is able to handle it and stick their finger in the barrel and feel whether it's smooth of a shotgun or the rifled rifle and handgun barrels, um, you can see the light bulb come on. That aha moment that, okay, now they understand what that means because now they're able to touch it. And of course, the barrels that I have are exaggerated. They're really large. So you can actually look down the barrel and really get a good visual of what that looks like. If I am presenting a topic that I just don't have a hands-on visual training aid for, I will make one. I've made different components of firearms that are safe to use in the classroom. Um, there's never, ever, ever, ever live ammunition or live rounds in a classroom for safety reasons. But even if you have a photo of something, enlarge it, make sure it's color, you know, laminate it or put it in a sheet protector. That way you are still getting the point across by giving them something to hold in their hands and something to look at to get the point across of what you're trying to teach. Next is the gun range. The gun range comes with a whole new set and a whole new level of challenges. These same vision, hearing, and mobility issues that you experience in the classroom are only amplified when you get to the gun range. It is much easier to make adjustments on the fly when you only discover a disability of an individual at the beginning of the class and if you are only in a classroom. Adjustments to the range portion of your training takes a lot more planning. Always have a contingency plan or two or three or six for the range when setting up your class. First are mobility issues. If your student cannot get to the range because of a lengthy walk, he or she cannot get trained or certified if a live fire activity or qualification is a required component for that particular training or certification. The easiest way to deal with this is to transport your student from the parking area to their shooting table by way of a golf cart if one is available. If a golf cart is not available, try to get them to park their vehicle as close to the shooting area as possible. Always ask the range owner and get permission if he or she can make accommodations, such as using another entrance that might only be available to employees or even coordinating with the range safety officer ahead of time. Many times, the RSO will ask shooters at a table closest to the parking area to move down a few lanes and leave the easiest accessible tables available if any customer were to arrive that needs that convenience. I have found that range owners, managers, and range safety officers are more than happy to assist and to accommodate. 
The second issue that you might have while on the range with senior students is their vision. One way to deal with this is to move them closer to the target if you're on an outdoor range and if you are able to safely move your firing line towards the target. If not, see if there's a way that targets can be moved closer to the shooter. Again, always keeping safety in mind and staying within the limitations of the range that you're shooting and knowing what you can and can't do for safety reasons. I am fortunate to train on a range that has a private range that I am able to have complete control over. It is a separate area from where the public shoots and having the private area reserved, I have complete control and I do not have to deal with the public being a distraction to my students. A lot of times I get brand new shooters and that they may be a little bit intimidated by the whole sights and sounds and smells of a gun range. Having control of my private range allows me to move my shooters close to the target so they have success at the target. Another trick I learned actually by accident is to use different colored targets on the range. So we have different colors for different distances. There's red targets, white targets, and blue targets. But one day on the range, I had one of my students, um, I gave him a stack of targets and I said, okay, go ahead and staple these up on the backboards. Cold range, everybody was safe. So they walked down range and they stapled up my targets. But instead of doing all blue targets, for example, they mixed them up. They had red, white, blue, red, white, blue, stapled randomly on the target backer. So I didn't say anything, I, you know, because I appreciate the help. Well, when the next group of shooters came to the bench and we were coaching them to be successful at the target, I noticed that some of the shooters were shooting the blue target, some were shooting the red target, some were shooting the white target on their different lanes. And when I asked them, you know, why the difference, the answers were unanimous. You know, some could see the red better, some could see the white, some could see the blue better, and it depended on the sights on their gun. So those who were using handguns, if they had a white front sight, it was much easier for them to see that on a red or a blue target. When they put their front sight against a white target, it washed it out and they couldn't acquire a proper sight picture. Another visual issue that I've experienced is on bright and sunny days, sometimes the target was hard to see. I purchased several canopies and I usually take out the canopies and set them up on my private range. Not only does it prevent us from being in the direct sunlight because there is no shade on this outdoor private range, but it also helps them in their vision and seeing the target a little bit better because they are not standing in the glaring bright sun trying to identify their target. So little tips and tricks that I've learned, some on purpose and some by accident over the years, have really helped those students that have vision issues. Another issue that you probably are going to encounter on the range are people that have hearing problems. This creates a safety issue. Depending on the level of hearing impairment, if someone cannot hear very well, they cannot hear the range commands, which can result in a serious accident. If you have a student that has a hard time hearing, make sure you stay very close to him or her. 
you may have to talk harder and louder than you would normally speak at the range. You can also have an understanding with that student with a series of shoulder taps along with the verbal command. For example, one tap on the right shoulder could mean fire. Two taps on the right shoulder could be load and make ready. Three or more taps on their shoulder could mean cease fire. I am there for my students. I am there as long as they want me to be. I will stay on the range until they are content and feel comfortable handling firearms and learning fundamentals of shooting. And a lot of times people will bring their own firearms because they just purchased and they want to learn how to use it, how to shoot it, how to operate it, even though I provide 22s on the range. 22s are a great firearm for several different reasons. Number one, they don't have any recoil. They hardly have any noise, so they're less intimidating to that new shooter. I also like using 22s because it slows you down and you can really work on your fundamentals. You can really work on your aiming, your breathing, your holding, trigger press, and follow through because a lot of times those higher calibers a lot of students are anticipating that recoil. So they're forgetting everything that you've just taught them and they're closing their eyes, they're flinching and they're just slapping that trigger and shots are not hitting where they're supposed to be hitting. So using those 22s has been a great, great teaching and training tool. So when a student does bring their own firearm, I'm able to work with them and stay right there with them to help coach them through making them feel confident and more successful. I'm always watching my students and making sure that they're hydrated and they're not getting too shaky if they may have gone too long without eating. We always try to have lunch before we head to the range and I always bring a box of granola bars and nature bars, some type of snack. So if somebody is getting a little bit shaky or a little bit hungry, they have something to eat so they don't get too far gone and their blood sugar drops too far. We've had an experience on the range where I had a gentleman, he was an elderly gentleman, and he and his wife were taking a pistol class. And he was just having a hard time keeping his gun steady and I was right there with him so he was safe, but he was shaking a little bit and he wasn't hitting the bullseye or where he was aiming. He was starting to get frustrated. Well, his wife happened to walk over and she said, well, you know, you big dummy, you haven't eaten yet and your blood sugar is dropping. So she reached into her bag and pulled out a candy bar and as fast as he could tear the wrapper off, he inhaled it and then he felt better. That experience was a huge eye opener for me. From the next day on, I always make it a point to have some type of food or snack with me at the range. More importantly, having plenty of water. Keeping my students hydrated is really important, not only so we feel good, but it's safety. When you're on the range handling firearms, you don't want any mishaps, especially if somebody is feeling a little bit woozy or if they're getting a little dehydrated. So I even took it a step further and I did my homework and I compared several different types of ice, ice chests and I found one that keeps drinks cold and keeps ice for like 24 hours. 
So I invested a lot of money and now I have a really good ice chest that I can take with me to the range. It's on wheels and I can pull it behind me. I load it up with ice before I leave the house. I load it up with waters and they stay iced down all day long, even on the ranges when it could be in the triple digits here in the south. I still have nice ice cold water to keep my students refreshed. Some people might consider it wrong to assume that a senior student has impairments or has special needs. I would much rather be safe than sorry. I'll be the first to admit that I've had many senior students that were in way better shape than I am, but once the class starts and you have not made your contingency backup plans for any issues that may arise, you can find yourself in a bind. It is a good idea to follow the Boy Scout motto and be prepared. By not being proactive, it can cause you added stress and it can be unfair to the rest of your students in your class. Being unprepared for age-related issues can cause delays in training and it can put an undue burden on the other students that are around you. Many of your students may feel compelled to assist senior students. Normally, this is not an issue because people who shoot are usually good people and they love helping others, especially when it comes to firearms and gun ownership. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and making memories that will last a lifetime. My name is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment.